Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. I want to bring right to the platform Dr. Cindy Trim. How many of you are excited tonight? I am overjoyed to see each one of you and those of you that are tuning in. You are tuning in to my Atlanta Life Group and Book Club. And we are all charged up because I am introducing for the first time Hello Tomorrow, the long-awaited series or the long-awaited sequel to Commanding Your Morning. And I'm so excited about what we're going to share. So if, if you can get in a comfortable place and take your seat and get your uh, uh, legal pads, whatever you're using, to take copious notes because we are going to be talking to you for this series on Hello Tomorrow, the transformational power of vision. And let's just start out with a prayer. Our Father and our God, we pray that you would think through my mind, speak through my lips. Let there be none of me, all of you, as we are sharing. We are sharing um, in this book club, and it is also a time of great teaching. We pray that you would uh, use this book to transform not only lives, but those that whose lives are being transformed will be used to transform industries and communities and families. They would be used to transform corporate companies, used to transform governments. We thank you now, Father, because in each generation you are, you were caused to arise individuals that have a vision that puts pushes humanity forward that pushes family forward and i decree that that those that read this book will be able to put it in the hands of their friends and family and and together we will be raised up as visionary leaders who will not only prophesy the future but we will provoke it mold it and shape it and we thank you right Right now for every visionary that is tuning in and for every life group that is taking on the challenge of starting their own book club and for every book club that is going on around the world, the four corners of the earth, we pray that you would visit us with such a revelation that every year we will have a vision for the next year and the next year that we would dare to write visions that span beyond our lifetime. Father, let there be visions and open our eyes that we would see the wondrous things that you have prepared for those of us that love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I have my copy of um, Hello Tomorrow, and I'm praying that all of you will have uh, secured your copy. You have your copy. If you don't have your copy, you can go online to cindytrim.com and secure your copy. And there's information that should be sliding across the screen right now to tell you how you can secure your copy of Hello Tomorrow. And so in the books, the contents, I love um, how the Lord gave me to write this particular book because it gives you just four steps for living the life of your dreams. Just four simple steps. The first step is build a bridge to your future. And the second step is put yourself where you see yourself. The third step is to write your own history. And the fourth step is to dare to do something great. And then in the back, starting from page 183, we have a whole bunch of 
declarations that you can make over your life and daily affirmations that you can make over your life, which are all scriptural based. And you can decree this. You know, I like to do the 30 day challenge where you begin to decree something for 30 straight days and challenge God, but the pressure on God, you will see some amazing things occur into your life. And then each one of these steps are broken down into smaller steps. And, uh, this makes this, this book, just a really great book. You can put it in your, um, uh, your purse and you can carry it in your knapsack or briefcase and you can definitely use this for years to come. Commanding a Morning was a book that I wrote several years ago and my niece was promoted as a result of it. And I'll tell you what she would do when she's an accountant. So when they would have meetings in her firm, uh, she would sit down and then she, she told me the thing that she would do is to memorize some of the quotes that are commending your morning. And she would sit down, she'll memorize the quote and just randomly spit out, spit out these quotes. And she said they were so impressed with her and she didn't have the heart to tell anyone that she was uh, sounding so intelligent because she was directly quoting out of the book that her auntie had written. So what she would do, she would hide it in her briefcase and hide it in her knapsack until when she was dating a specific guy, she would come up with all these intelligent things. And then finally, uh, she pulled out the book and said, you know, listen, Ty, this is where I was getting all of that wisdom from. And he was so mad. He said, you mean all this time you had a book written by Aunt Cindy and you withheld that from me? I'm never going to forgive you. So commending your morning revolutionized my niece's life, so many people around the world. And this book is going to have the same effect. Uh, hello, tomorrow. Your tomorrow does not have to look like your yesterday. And one of the things I've discovered that all of our human progress, everything that we've ever accomplished as human beings came about as a result of someone seeing um, the possibilities of living our lives better. And then they developed the blueprint and they got to um, putting the energy and their resources um, and honing their skills and gifts um, to make whatever they envision come to pass. And today you are sitting on someone's vision. You are wearing someone's vision. You are dressed in someone's vision. You live in someone's vision. You drive someone's vision. Before there were cars, there was only a vision. Before there was a house, there was only a vision. Before there was a chair, there was only a vision. Before there was Chanel, there was only a vision. Before there was Jaguar, there was only a vision. Before there was McDonald's, there was only a vision. Before there was Colonel Sanders, there was someone with a vision and then there was someone who had the courage to think outside of the box. Someone that had the um, courage to move from just saying, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to accomplish. And they put the energies in and they put their resources in. And many of these were laughing stock at one point where people thought, oh, why would you want to do something like that? And talking about modern day vision visionaries and even some of the visionaries from the past, let's look at Noah. Noah was given a vision by God um, of building a boat to survive a tsunami when there was never even such a thing as rain. So before one drop of rain fell upon the earth, before there was such a, a profession called a shipbuilder, before anyone could have ever thought about building great cruise liners, here is this man defying the odds and saying, I'm going to build an ark. Well, firstly, what in heaven's name is an ark? And then secondly, nobody in our community knows what you're talking about. Your granddaddy, wasn't a shipbuilder. Your father wasn't a shipbuilder. Your uncle wasn't a shipbuilder. Your neighbor wasn't a shipbuilder. In fact, there was no one in the world who has ever heard of such a thing. And can you imagine what he had to fight through in order to bring his vision to pass? But a vision belongs to the person that takes an image serious enough that they're willing to be ridiculed to make it happen. And a lot of times when you have a vision for your life, you're going to get pressed back, pushed back. You're going to be jeered at, laughed at. 
How are you going to do it? How are you going to drive it? How are you going to build it? How are you going to make it? How are you going to sustain it? How are you going to wear it? How are you, you know, who's going to support you? And by the time this world gets through with you, by the time your friends get through with you, by the time your family gets through with you, you have given up on a God-given vision. But this is my, this is my encouragement to you to read this and to take this seriously and then allow God to give you a vision for your life and then allow him to give you the courage to bring that vision to pass. This world is here because of visionary. And I can think of the greatest visionary and that is God himself. And he had a vision that one day he would, he would restore humanity back to his original play, to its original purpose. And he was so uh, keen on it, so convinced he could do it, that he sent his son as a, a representative of him. And his son was so convinced that he was prepared to give his life for it. A vision that is God-given is something that you are prepared to give your life for it. So here's the new book. I'm excited about it. The person on the front looks pretty good. And I'm buying it just because I know the lady on the front. So let's get started in our, on our teaching. Those of you that are viewing, I want you to get five people and start your book club and go through this. Get five of them and, and give them the book as, as a gift if you have to, but to pull your life group or your book club together and let's get started. Let's look at the book of Genesis 15, 1 to 6, as we begin to introduce you to our new series, The Power of Vision. And this is a part of our book club. And you were joining my book club, and prayerfully, you've got your group of five or six or 10 or 15 or 20. And I do realize that there are many, many churches now that are taking up this book to help their congregations. So joining us uh, today are people from around the world, including large churches who are taking entire congregations through Hello Tomorrow, the transformational power of vision. Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 to 6. Genesis 15, 1 to, 1 to 6. We want you to take copious notes. Take copious notes. Write. And we want you to learn the art of writing, not just typing, but something happens when you use your hand to write. Genesis 15, 1 to 6. The Bible said, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision. So we know that visions come from God and they are given to individuals that capture it. Now, when God speaks to you in a vision, it doesn't mean that you have to see it live in technicolor with sound effect. Sometimes they come as prompting. Sometimes they come as a spark of inspiration that God wants you to be able to follow up on, to sit down, to take the discipline, to begin to pray and ask him, can you give me further details on this spark of inspiration? Many of the things that um, I'm involved in today, many of the initiatives came when I was driving. I had this spark of inspiration where I saw something. And sometimes um, it's very challenging and uh, difficult for you to articulate what you see, especially when the vision comes as a spark of inspiration. I was traveling and I had been praying for about 10 years asking God, what is the title for the sequel of Commending Your Morning? And so everyone was making um, suggestions. They had suggested commanding your day, commanding your life, commanding your week. You know, they came up commanding your month. And it, that, that was something that didn't stick to me. But I was with a friend, we were having a conversation and bam, God gave me just this spark of inspiration that came from out of the book of, 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 of Second Kings, where Elijah began to prophesy to a nation and he said, tomorrow about this time. And the Holy Spirit dropped just by way of inspiration. The title for your next book is Hello Tomorrow. And I looked at how one man with a vision that was so diametrically different from the, the government of that particular nation, so different from the experts. The, the, the Bible talked about the minister of finance, and he would be well-trained in stats and finances and economics. He knew economic trends. He knew how to prognosticate whether it was going to be bull or whether it was going to be bear. He knew all of the fluctuations of the 
market. And when he heard tomorrow about this time, when he heard the prophetic word, he laughed. He said, look, I'm an expert. It is impossible for that to happen. When God gives you a vision, he takes you in a land called possibility. And you begin to operate in the land called tomorrow. And someone once said that tomorrow is a land where 99% of all human activities happen and manifest. And so when we look at your life, we usually don't sit long enough for God to give us an indication and a vision of his plans that he has for us. And tomorrow, a week from now, two weeks from now, five years from now, 30 years from now. What I am doing today is as a result of a vision that I wrote two years ago. And you might say, well, why two years ago? It is because 22 years ago, I wrote my first vision for my first 20 year vision. And everything that I wrote in my first 20 year vision came to pass with the exception of one thing. So what I did, I took that thing, I carried it over. And two years ago, I wrote my second vision. And because I understand divine timetables, I understand the prophetic word. I understand certain laws that I'm going to begin to speak to you about, like the law of execution. You cannot have a vision that comes to pass if you don't understand the laws that govern the manifestation of a vision. And we're going to show you how God plainly spoke to Habakkuk and showed him the 20 laws for bringing your vision to pass. And so, um, in, and, and one of the laws is the law of execution. And because I understand these spiritual laws, I was able to quantum leap many things that I had written down as a result of a goal or a strategy. I was able to quantum leap those things. So this is my second 20 year. I'm two years in and I've already quantum leaped many of my goals by two to five years. This is the law of execution. So the first 20 years were trial and error. Now I think I'm somewhat of an expert on how to bring visions to the past. And I'm so happy that I have an opportunity to share it with you. Now I gave you enough time to find Genesis chapter 15, one to six. And if you are still looking, it simply means that you really don't know anything about the Bible, but I'm cool with that because Genesis is the first book of the Bible. In fact, you don't need a GPS to figure out where Genesis is. That's the first street. Amen. Genesis 15, one to six. If you were there, shout amen. The Bible said after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision saying, fear not Abraham. A lot of people live in fear because they cannot see how their life is going to change tomorrow. They cannot see how things are going to be different and they're anxious. They're anxious financially. They're anxious about their finances. People are anxious about their health. They're anxious about their children and they worry how are things going to unfold, not knowing that they could be participatory in how the future unfolds. There was this one philosophy that says, I have an interest in the future because I plan to spend the rest of my life there. You have to have an interest in your future because that's where you're going to spend the rest of your life. Do you not realize today was the yesterday you thought about as tomorrow? And it's interesting today is, excuse me, today is the tomorrow that you thought about yesterday. And today is going to be the yesterday that you would think about tomorrow. And so if the future is a place where you spend the rest of your life, you might as well get involved with provoking it. God said to Abram, fear not, I am your shield. I'm your exceeding great reward. And I love that because there is a reward that is given to everyone that harnesses the power of their imagination. And God said, it's not just going to be a reward, it's going to be a great reward. Verse number two, and Abraham said, Lord, what will thou give me seeing I go childless? In other words, what he began to do is to present to the Lord the realities of his today. Now, we talk about praying. 
And we've written a whole series of prayer books. We've written prayer books to talk to you about how to use power of the spoken word in commanding your morning. We talk to you about the art of prayer and spiritual warfare. We talk to you about uh, uh, several prayer uh, books, you know, and I'm so excited about Hello Tomorrow. I can't even think about the books that I wrote. But we talked to you and we gave you a library of prayer books, The Art of War. We gave you uh, the prayer book, The Rules of Engagement. We gave you a little small prayer book, um, uh, uh, The Atomic Power Prayer. So, so we've shown you different ways to pray and different aspects of prayer. But now we are going to talk about how do you craft your prayers and your declarations until your future looks exactly like God had originally planned and purposed for. How do you do that? You don't do it by rehearsing over and over in your prayers what is going on today. How you do it is you allow God to use your imagination so that he can articulate for you what he planned in your life in in the future so that you can begin to construct your prayers accordingly. A lot of people are praying amiss because they keep praying about what they don't want and what the devil is doing rather than what they want and what God wants for them. And being able to capture God's plan for your life as a vision will give you the ability to structure your prayers in such a way that your future will have to conform. Hello tomorrow. Your future is calling you. You might as well answer hello. Amen. God said to Abraham, what? And Abraham said, Lord, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless. So that's where he was. And the steward of my house is this Eber, um, Eliezer of Damascus. Not as if God don't know who Eliezer is. Not as if God doesn't know the details of his life. But verse number three, and Abraham said, behold to me, thou hast given me no seed. So again, he's telling God what he doesn't have. He's telling God who's in his life. And these are the things that God already knows. Verse number three, behold to me, thou hast not given no seed and lo, one born in my house is, is, is my, in, is mine ear. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him saying, this shall not be thine ear. In other words, this is not your destiny. And where you are now, where you are with your struggles, where you are with your problems, where you are with your lack, it is not God's best for your life. And you've got to believe me when I tell you this. You can have better the moment you think better. The moment you see your life unfolding different is the moment it will begin to unfold differently. And then the conversation keeps going on as the Lord speaks to him he said but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine ear and he brought forth abroad and said look now towards the heaven and tell and tell the stars if thou be able to number them and he said unto them so shall thy seed be and he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. So what God did was change his perspective to be able to change his perspective. And then he gave him a vision and he said, I want you to see stars as human beings. So he was giving him metaphors for his life so that he can write it down that my future is going to be filled with people coming out of my loins that outnumber the stars in the sky. And so God changed his destiny by changing his vision, how he saw himself in the future. Now, if God gives you a vision, vision, uh, being able to get a vision is a discipline. 
It, it, it is just like you praying is a discipline. Giving is a discipline. Worship is a gift discipline. Praise is a discipline. Serving is a discipline. Uh, Bible study is a discipline. So gaining a vision for your life is a discipline as well. Let's look at Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 to 3. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 to 3. And for the Brits, Habakkuk chapter 2, 2 to 3, and for the Americans, Habakkuk, chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. Amen? The Bible says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. So it's one thing to have it, but it's yet another thing for you to discipline yourself and to begin to write your vision. He said, I want you to write the vision, I want you to make it plain. No, I want specificities in your vision. Uh, And write it upon tablets or tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it shall, it will surely come and it will not tarry. Now, this is an instruction that God gave to Habakkuk, and we're going to revisit this scripture again. We're going to revisit, and we're going to excavate this until you walk away with the principles necessary for your life to be totally different. Do you ever look at your life and wonder where you could have been now if you had only made different choices? Do you think about what you could have had, what you could have acquired, where you could have traveled, what you could have written, what you could have painted, what you could have accomplished. Have you ever sat down and said to yourself, I could have been much further than I am today? Well, if you look back, you can look back and you can see one thing that was missing. It was not your intelligence. It was not opportunities. It was not the anointing. It was not the gifts. It was not resources. We are resource rich. We are recognition poor. It wasn't resources. The only thing that was missing was vision because a vision will dictate to your activities. So a lot of people live with so many regrets, regretting, I could have done this. I had enough time to go back to school. I had enough time to do this and that and the other. And so people live their life regret. The only thing worse than living with regret is to die with regret. Regretting the things that you could have done, the places you could have went. And regretting the fact that you were afraid, you were afraid of people misunderstanding, you were afraid of losing friends, you were afraid of things not working, that's too much regret. And I decree your season of regret is over. And from today onward, you are going to be looking at your future and you're going to shout out, hello tomorrow, I'm waiting for you. I wrote this book, Hello Tomorrow, to show you how you can start right now to live the life of your dreams and to live a life free of regrets. Throughout scriptures, I have observed that God gives us divine insight into how our future unfolds and he gives it to you by way of vision. A vision acts as a catalyst that activates us into destiny by helping us to make the right destiny decision. It points us to the fields, the industries, and the professions which God has chosen for us to lead in, to dominate, to prosper, and to succeed in. Therefore, visions are destiny adjusters. Make that a notation. When God gives you a vision, he gives it to you as a destiny adjuster. Let's look at Genesis chapter uh, 46, verse 2 to 6. Genesis 46, 2 to 6. They are destiny adjusters. And God spoke unto Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here I am. And he said, I am God, the God of thy fathers. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will be there to make thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt. I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hands upon thy eyes. And Jacob rose up from Beersheba and the sons of Israel carried Jacob, their father and their little ones and their wives and the wagons, which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. Now, by the time we get to Genesis 46, Jacob had been through so much 
And so many people had disappointed him. He had been labeled. He had been stigmatized. He had been used. He had mis- misused. And he was shell-shocked. So by the time he gets word that his son was alive and they were inviting him now to live and to prosper in, in Egypt, he was afraid. And he didn't want to go down to Egypt just in case something bad happened to him. And so he was stuck in fear, in a cycle of fear, because he only knew betrayal. He only knew rejection. And he was just full of fear. But God gave him a vision that caused him to be unstuck, that gave him the courage to move from where he was and connected the dots between point A and point B and brought him into a prophetic process. God has plans for your life life and you cannot be afraid to move on from where you are because if where you are is not working for you this year I can promise you if you stay there it is not going to work for you next year I am decreeing that God will arrest your imagination until he's able to download a vision for your life that you capture it and if that vision takes you to another city city, to another country, to another business, to another profession, to another relationship, to another area. You will not be afraid to cut ties with your past, to be able to say goodbye yesterday and hello to tomorrow. And God did it through a vision. A vision is a destiny adjuster. Something will be adjusted in your behavior. Something will be adjusted in your decision and like like I always say we are always only one decision away from living the life of our dreams but your decision should be attached to a goal your goal should be attached to a strategy and your strategy has to be attached to a vision if you don't have a vision you are not going to have the right life strategies if you don't have the right strategies you will not have the right goal if you don't have the right goals, you will have not have the right objectives. If you don't have the right objectives, you will not have the right activities. And if you don't have the right activities, your tomorrow is going to look exactly like your yesterday. But I decree and declare that your tomorrow is going to look nothing like your yesterday. It's going to be better. It's going to be brighter. You're going to be happier. You're going to be smarter. You're going to dominate you're going to lead, you're going to create wealth, you're going to leave it for another generation, you're going to write your book, you're going to start your ministry, you're going to start your business, you're going to start your television show, you are going to create breakthroughs in your industry, I decree and declare that you are going to wake up every day and you are not just going to think about what you are going through today, you're Focus is no longer going to be on the things that bring you distraction and bring you harm and bring you sadness. You are going to look to tomorrow and you are going to run your race because God is going to give you the strategy to connect where you are and build a bridge to your tomorrow. tomorrow. You may know what your A is, but many people don't know what their B is and your vision is your B and God is going to give you a strategy to get from point A to point B. I decree tomorrow about this time you will no longer be talking about your point A. You will no longer regret your point A. You will no longer be living in your point A. I decree through vision God is helping you to build a bridge to your tomorrow to get to point B. All the point B people holler back at me. God had provided a bridge to get him from where he was to get him to Egypt. God gave him a vision, but he also gave him a provision. And a lot of times we look at the limitations of our bank account to determine what we do tomorrow and how we plan to tomorrow. But how many of you know that there's going to be a great wealth transfer? And the scripture said, the scripture said, 
because his destiny was in Egypt and because his family's destiny was in Egypt, Pharaoh sent a wagon to carry him there. God is going to send you a truckload of resources. We don't have wagons, but we do have trucks and get ready for a truckload of resources that God is going to give you to take you from your point A to point B. Clap your hands and say, I believe it. Visions are given to us so that we are able to make the best life choices. Let's look at Job 33, 14 to 18. They're given to us so that we can make the best life choices. Job 33, 14 to 18. The scripture says, for God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceives it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, in slumberings upon the bed, then he opens up the ears of man and sealeth their instruction that he may withdraw man from his purpose and high pride from man. He keepeth back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. What does this mean? It means that when God gives you a vision, you're able to make the best life choices so that your life doesn't become a disaster. He wants to help you to hold you back from making the wrong choices. This is what it means. He withdraws man from his purpose. When God withdraws you from your purpose, the scripture says, there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction. So let's talk about it. How many of you ever in your young age wanted to date someone and then wanted to get married in your, your young age? Let, let's let all the women raise their hand. And you saw what you thought was this cute boy and you just wanted this boy you wanted to date him you wanted to date him and that was your vision that 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 he was going to be your boo and then you were going to get married you were going to have children and so finally when you got this boy after a couple of months he was a jerk a pure jerk but you stayed with him because everybody else had a boyfriend you didn't have a boyfriend but you knew he was a jerk you knew this is wasn't wasn't your destiny but you felt like but this is as good as it gets so you stuck with him. And then one day he broke up with you and it broke your heart. And you wonder how you were going to live the rest of your life without Bozo. And you cried and broke your heart. And 10 years later, 15 years later, 20 years later, guess who shows up? Bozo. And Bozo said, you look good. And in the back of your mind, you say, I wish I could say the same. Because this cute boy now has a snaggle tooth. He has grapes grown on his head. He doesn't have a job. And you say to yourself, what was I? I must have been out of my. That was your plans. But it wasn't God's plan. That was your best, but it wasn't God's best. And God said, I'm going to give you a vision, uh, an understanding of what my best looks like so that you don't compromise in life, so that you don't accept inferior when I have superior for you. You don't accept the world's worst when I have the best. In other words, when he withdraws man from his purpose and he hides pride from man, in other words, some trust in chariots, others in horses, but you are going to rely on God. You're going to ask God, what do I do next? How do I tackle this? Who is, should be in my life? Who should my, be my husband? Who should be my friend? And when you do that, God will open your eyes and give you the ability to make the best decision based on the choices that are made available to you immediately and if those choices are not his choices, he will give you the patience to wait on him until your Boaz shows up. Now, some of you might have made mistakes, but you know, God can transform your husband into a David. And that's what happened to Abigail. Abigail said, you know, it, it operates by the law of unintended consequence. Write this down. You made a decision. Your heart was right. You were motivated by the right thing, but you made the wrong decision. 
And so the outcome, the consequences of the decisions that you made really cost you. It cost you in time. It cost you in reputation. You might have lost face. You might have lost favor with people. But you do what you know how to do until you know how to do better. You don't sit there regretting anything. You just shift your strategy. And God will do it by giving you a vision. Because vision is going to dictate to your strategy, your life strategy, how you make decisions. So a vision will keep you From making the wrong decisions in life. It's going to prevent you from making the wrong decision. Because if you know that where you end up tomorrow is the sum total of the activities of today. today, The decisions that you make, the activities that you were engaged in, the things that you ate, how you slept, who you talked to. Where you end up tomorrow is the sum totals of the decisions that you make today. So you cannot go backwards to start all over again to have a new beginning, but you can start now to have a new ending. And this is what uh, having a vision for your life is all about. Vision helps you to focus on the possibilities that await you in your future. Let's go to Genesis 13, 14 to 17. A vision helps you to focus on the possibilities that await you in your future. Genesis 13, 14 to 17. The Bible said, and the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thy eyes, look from the place where thou art, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. If you, if you see a lot of people only look at where they are, but you've got to look beyond where you are, look away from where you are, because where you are is only as permanent as your thoughts about it. So that means if you change your mind, the reality of time will change. The reality in time will change. If you change your mind, your realities in time will change. And so if you lack the ability to change your mind about where you are, you could change your mind anytime. It's the story of the prodigal son. He made a series of decisions that took him into the pig pen, the law of unintended consequences. He never intended to live in a pig pen, but his decisions made, you know, caused his future to be molded based on those decisions. When he got into his pig pen, he thought about a future in his father's house. He said, I don't see myself living the rest of my life in a pig pen. This is how I see myself. I see myself living in my father's house, growing up, managing a portion of my father's uh, monopoly, my father's business. This is how I see myself. And the next morning he, he got up and he went to his father's house. Why? Because vision dictates to your activity. Every activity, if you, if you look at a person's life, It is not always the devil. It is not always society. It is not always the economy. It is how they see their life unfolding. And how you see your life unfolding is exactly how it unfolds. God said, look from where you are, northward, southward, eastward, for all the land that thou seest. Anything that you constantly hold in your mind eventually unfolds in your life. The word seeth is present active continuum. In other words, if it's not in your mind today, it will not manifest in your life tomorrow. So whatever you look at constantly, if you look at what you don't have, what you lack, who did this, who didn't do that, whatever you look for, you find. Whatever you want to see, see. Whatever holds your future is what you see in your future. Whatever holds your focus, excuse me, is what you see in your future. Whatever holds your whatever holds your focus is what you see in your future. I'm going to say it again. Whatever holds your focus is what you see in your future. Whatever holds your focus is what you see in your future. Whatever holds your focus is what you see in your future. God said to Habakkuk, as long as you keep looking at what's wrong in your community, your community is going to be filled with things that are wrong. But I want to give you something that will change your activities, that will change your destiny. And I want to give you a vision. Whatever holds your focus 
controls your future. So if you don't plan to see it tomorrow, stop thinking about it today. Whether it's people, whether it's things, whether it's your past, whether it's something, whatever people said, you've got to control your thoughts. And the way that you control your thoughts is through an image. And a vision is an image of coming attractions. I go to the movies and I love going to the movies. And I love going to the movies for the feature, of course, but also like the coming attractions. I get more excited, I think with the coming attractions than I do the feature film in some instances. But I get excited because I'm able to sit down and say, well, that is coming in September, so September the 3rd. So September the 3rd, I know where I'm going to be. This is coming in December. I'm going to see that. This is coming out in November. I'm going to see that. This is coming out in April. I'm going to see that. So even if it's six months and I'm waiting for six months, guess what happens? In April, guess where I go? To the movie. Why? Because I had a vision of common attraction. Your vision is as powerful as the coming attractions in a movie theater. You plan your life around it. You plan to show up when that vision comes to pass. You want to be there because this is a vision that God has for your life. God said for all the land that you see it, if you continue to hold it in your mind, seeth it's present active continuum. You see it today. You see it tomorrow. You see it the next day. This is why God said to Habakkuk or Habakkuk or Habakkuk, whatever you call him. This is why God said, write the vision so that he that readeth it may run with it. Running is different from walking, is different from strolling. In other words, it's going to come to you faster than if you don't write it. A lot of us are slowing down our future success because we do not have the discipline to write down the vision. So today I release upon you an anointing of discipline. That you're going to be disciplined going out of this year, going out of this month to begin to sit down and write your vision as God has given it to you. Now, the Bible said, works in number 16, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if you can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. So what is God doing? Giving him a vision of what his future looks like. The first one he said, see the stars as faces. Now he's saying, see the sand as faces. So he's giving him imagery. So a vision operates through imagery. How many of you have gone on temporary vacations without leaving your bedroom or without leaving your living room? Where you sit down, your mind goes so deep that people call you, you don't even hear them. I decree and declare that your life is going to unfold according to your vision that when your past calls you, you wouldn't even hear it. Your past had nothing new to say to you, so stop listening to you. Right now, all you're going to do is to say what? Hello. God said to Abraham, look northward, southward, eastward, westward, and everything that you see, to thee I will give it. In other words, what is not clear to you will not be there for you when you get to your future. What you cannot see coming never comes. What you believe will come, comes. What is beyond your ability to see is beyond your ability to have. What you see determines what you sees. What you picture determines what you capture. What crosses your mind determines what comes into your life. Your feet will never take you where your mind has never been. Where your mind goes, your energy flows. Where your energy flows, your life goes. What is beyond your view is beyond your grasp. What is beyond your ability to see is beyond your ability to have. The quality of your thoughts determine the quality of your life. Your outlook determines your outcome. Your mindset determines your lifestyle. What is beyond your capacity to grasp is beyond your capacity to grab. God said for all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. Here's my question. How far Can you see? Because how far you see determines how far you go in life. Some people cannot see further than today. 
They cannot see further than their bills. They cannot see their life different. They don't even see how God is going to make a way for them. They just believe that their life is always going to be the same. Some people can see how they're going to get enough money to send their children to college. Some people can see how they will survive if they leave an abusive relationship. Some people can see how they're going to break addictive cycles. Some people can see how their their broken relationship is going to be healed. And so what happens year after year, season after season, their life is not different. Year after year, season after season, they are still renting rather than owning. Year after year, season after season, they never get enough money to send their children to college. Year after year, season after season, they are still in an abusive relationship. Year after year, season after season, they are still in addictive cycles. Year after year, season after season, they are still in broken relationship. How far you can see determines how far you go in life. Many people are, or many believers are like, Habakkuk in Habakkuk chapter one, they only see what's wrong, but what, but, but, but can see how things could ever change or whatever change. So things never change. This is because we have not learned the spiritual discipline of allowing the Holy spirit to refocus our spiritual lenses. Let's look at first Corinthians two, nine to 12, first Corinthians two, nine to 12, first Corinthians two, 9 to 12, and we're going to end our Bible study as we introduce you to Hallow Tomorrow with this particular scripture. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 12, God said to Abraham, look beyond where you are. Look at the possibilities. Look north, south, east, and west. Look at all the possibilities, and as far as you can see it, I'll give it. Can you see what your life is going to look like Five years from now, what does your life look like at the end of the month? What does your life look like at the end of the year? What does your life look like in 10 years? I, I, I see in 20 years increments. I know where my life is going to be 20 years from now. Should the Lord delay is coming? Should the creek don't rise and the fat lady don't sing? All things being equal. Why? Because I've written a vision for my life. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 12, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. How many of you love him? God has prepared something great for you in your future. The Bible says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have not received, now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us, that we may know. You don't have to guess at your future. You can know what your future looks like when you allow God to refocus the lands of your spirit from the natural to the supernatural by giving you a vision. Amen. Our Father of God, we thank you that we are visionaries and how we see our lives unfolding, it's unfold. And Holy Spirit, we are giving you permission to reveal those things that God has prepared for us before the foundation of the world, so that we can adjust our activities according to that vision, so that we can garner new strategies, that we can establish new goals, so indeed all things will pass away and all things become new. Now unto him who is able to do the exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. It's according to the power that works in us so that we're able to say, Hello tomorrow. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. 
We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.